Hey guys, can we have a quick chat before we start the show? Of course, little drummer Nate. Pa-ra-pa-pum-pum. We always have time to chat with the guy who invented giving a drum solo as a gift. <laughs> yeah, little drummer Nate. Pa-ra-pa-pum-pum. Chatting with you is sweeter than a candy cane canopy. Well said, Brent. Thank you, Catherine. That's nice, but I am inconsolable due to my deep and persistent ineptitudes. Get quiet and stay quiet, Mr. Cool. You're as strong as a polar bear and smarter than every computer on the earth put together. Yeah, you powerful and aggressive Arctic carnivore. Whatever you did was cool, and you probably look cool while doing it. I know, but I forgot to cut out a few seconds of me quietly weeping before last week's intro, (laughs) so we have to do the whole thing over again. Please open your new scripts and we'll begin recording now. You are listening to the North American Friends Movie Club. A show where we talk about films, movies, and the cinema. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Kate? Sure thing. I'm Kate and whoo boy, do I have a story for you. I love it when Kate tells stories. Yeah, she's like if Aesop had a baby with Johnny Cash. I know I've told you a few stories before, but this one, mamma mia, this one might be the wildest tale I've ever told. Oh man, oh man, I'm so excited. Kate never hypes up her stories, so this must be a humdinger. She's definitely fixing to ding some hum. This story is so wild, so crazy, so unbelievable that by the end of it, you may puke or cry or do both at the same time. Okay, promising a lot, but I trust you. If it was anyone else, I wouldn't believe it, but since it's Kate, I'm going to allow it. This story has it all. Drama, intrigue, spycraft, mistaken identity, love, kissing, and even a magic sword. Oh, sorry guys, I have to take this. Hello? You're running our podcast. What's that? You're running our podcast. Oh no, are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. I understand. Thank you for calling. No problem. I love you. Love you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Who was that? Bad news, guys. That was the podcast utility company. They said we've <laughs> only got enough podcasts for one more intro, so we have to move on to Brent. Damn. I completely understand. Speaking of overpromising <laughs> and underdelivering, why don't you go ahead and introduce <laughs> yourself, Brent? Thank you, Catherine. I'm Brent, and I'm a die guy. What's a die guy? The question is, who is a die guy? And the answer is me. I'm a die guy. Brett, are you, are you a hitman? What? No, I'm a die guy. Neither of us knows what that means. Lady Die, the princess of Wales. Wales have a princess? I love Wales. Baby Beluga is a legend. No, you North American fools. I'm talking about the one and only. Diana Francis Spencer, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed angel sent from heaven to teach us all about charity, kindness, and telling the queen to go to hell and burn there. I've never heard of her. Me neither. Sounds like we got ourselves a couple of Camilla Parker Bowles on our hands. I love parking bowls. I thought you smoked buckets. <sighs> I'm extremely disappointed in you both. And I'm Nate. Let's start the show.
This is what it sounds like when we do a podcast. We're currently doing one. This is the North American Friends Movie Club. And there's a secret in the name of our show. It has to do with the order of the words. And you might notice, if you're listening closely, the friends comes before a podcast. So I got to ask my two friends, how we doing? I'm doing well. I got a question for you guys whenever you're ready. uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to start the show with a question. Okay. What is your favorite candy? Like, what do you mean? I need more specifics. Yeah. So I'm just using the word candy, however you conceive of candy, because we were just singing the Mm -hmm. candy song before we got on. And it was like, you know what? I don't even really know what their favorite candies are. I would imagine it's something I wouldn't like. Maybe something with coconut in it or some strange. I don't consider that chocolate candy. So I don't, it's not a candy to me. So chocolate's not a candy. Okay. No. Yeah. When I think candy, I think gummy. Yeah. Like I'm thinking green frogs or fuzzy peaches. Okay. Oh, okay. I would say I like, uh, uh, like a gummy, like a gummy worm. Oh, no, that's not my favorite. I got to think about it for a second. Please come back to me in a bit. Okay. What's your favorite candy? Well, no, now that you're bringing up gummy, I worked at uh, Maggie Moo's, which is one of those ice cream shops where they uh, you mix in the little whatever choices, candies that people have. And I think I've told you guys this before, but there was like a five-gallon bucket in the back of the storeroom just full of gummy bears. And I would just put like a handful in my pocket to eat throughout <laughs> shift because they were so fresh like a fresh there's nothing better than a fresh gummy bear especially if it's like full of flavor you know i remembered what my favorite one is it's a sour wine gum that's the ultimate gummy candy a sour what (laughs) sour wine gum it's the old person answer you might as well just say coffee crisp bar coffee crisp good too but yeah it is. It's a nice life snack. Wine gums are Canadian. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. They're candies, like they're hard gummy candies that are supposed to taste like wine. Okay, first of all, they can't be hard and gummy. Yes, they can. They, But no, it's it, you don't think so until you have a yeah. wine gum. Where <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's like, it's, it's not hard. It's just denser. It's twice as dense as a normal gummy. <laughs> I would say four times as dense. This sounds like something from Japan. I bet they I bet they go over like crazy in Japan. I bet <laughs> no, they don't love a wine gum. No, they don't. <laughs> the only person I've ever seen like a wine gum is Nate. And this has been 10 years now. He's been talking about wine gums to the point where when I see them in the wild, I'll take a picture of the wine gums and send them to Nate. I want you guys to send me some because I really love wine and I really like gummy stuff. So maybe I would like them. No. Okay. Trust me. They don't won't. taste like wine. Oh. They, don't, they don't taste like wine. What do they're they ta- taste they're, like? They're, they're, they're gummies. They're like tangy. Yeah. They're like tangy <laughs> a little bit. They're like a little tangy, but they're, you know, they're still, they're still like a, a delicious gummy. My theory is they are the, the byproduct of mistakes that are made at the gummy factory and they mm. get made into <laughs> wine gums. Gotcha. Like someone messed up the recipe, put too much stuff in, or the texture's fucked up. We'll just make wine gums out of them. Yeah, melt down the gummy bears and the gummy worms and everything together. Like into the Native Americans, gum. you use every part of the gummy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a problem. I've, and it's okay. A, it's a new problem. Do you want us to have 
help you or do you want us to just listen and validate? <sighs> listen and validate because there's going to be no helping. Um, I'm hoping it weans out when December goes away. It's the podcast has created this problem. I can't stop. Ta- I can't stop talking like Santa. <laughs> uh, That's not a problem. It no, is. I can see how that could become a problem. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. I'm easing back into work. So I only go two days or two hours a day. And there's a lot, a lot of people that don't know me there now. Cause I've been, I haven't been there in a year and I'm only there for two hours a day. And I'm talking like Santa for most of those two hours. So it's a problem. Like there's some people, there's some people at work that have never heard your real voice. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, well then, aren't you a nice little girl? It's not good. <laughs> you are now the middle-aged man at work. You're not like a cute 30-year-old guy. You're like sliding into being kind of the older guy at work. No, I am the, I would describe myself as the gray, foxy 40-year-old guy at work. That always talks like Santa. Okay. Okay. I can still put asses yeah, in the seats. You know that guy. You know that guy. I'm still Silver putting asses hair. in his seats, I think. I still think yeah, I'm doing I it. Think, I think you are. Yeah, I, no, think, I agree, I, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll ask the girls at work if I'm still putting asses in the seats or if I'm does just the just old creepy guy. Does that mean that people think you're attractive? What does that mean? Put asses in seats? Yeah. People are going to go to the show and they're going to stop and watch. They're not going to just go to walk by. I'm putting asses in seats. Yeah. Okay. Bringing them in the door. You walk by a window at a shop and you see a nice dress. You're going to go in. You're putting, they're putting asses mm. in the seat. It takes That's me about 90 yeah. minutes to get to a point physically where I can occasionally do that now. It is not happening like it, the frequency that it used to, I must admit. Are you like, what do you mean? What, are you talking about a hormonal thing? No, like, just like I have to oh. shower. I have to put makeup oh. on. I have to uh, do my hair. I have to uh, think of what I was wear thinking. Heels. Like, I gotta feel good. That's not true. That is That's true. not true. No, the, the women, you guys are all beautiful, no it's matter not true. what. None of, not a it lot is. of us are. Many of you us are. are not. <laughs> you guys are all shaped nicely, and it's we're all made you, out of all, circles. <laughs> circles yeah, are the best are. shape. Yeah, yeah. Hard to cut yourself on a circle, you know. Boys guys are, are made out of like rhombuses, <laughs> and we have spheres and ovals, and we have a bunch of different shapes. Mm-hmm. And it's not rhombus? all that great. What's a rhombus? It's, a, it's how you know how one testicle hangs lower than the other. That is not what a rhombus is. That's rhombus. the shape. That's the shape of a rhombus. I'm just gonna Google it. Yeah, and you'll see, and you go. Brent was right. It's just just a pair of balls comes up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be right. It, no, a parallelogram with opposite equal acute angles. Oh, I see. So it's four sided, but they're not. Uh, yeah. One okay. corner hangs lower than the other. Okay, I guess it is That's, like. A, yeah. yeah. See, once again, crazy. Turns out I'm right. Send Nick a picture of a rhombus and say, "Thinking of you." <laughs> it says a diamond is also called a rhombus. So why don't we call diamonds rhombuses instead of diamonds? Ah, uh, you know, like when you get engaged and you're like, check out this gigantic out rhombus. rhombus he bought me. <laughs> yeah, like no one's saying that. Like, oh, yeah, when are you going to give her the rhombus? That sounds like yeah, the you balls. you skate on that rhombus. Yeah. <laughs> no one cares if you died in a, a rhombus mine. You're like, oh, well, that sucks. Can I give a uh, give a tip to all the men listening? Mm-hmm. And so some of you will be like, oh, I really want to get my partner, my lady partner, 
some kind of jewelry. I should, that was very not allyship of me to say men. Anyone who's looking to buy their lady partner jewelry, do not, and you're going to be, you're going to feel like maybe this is a good idea to do. Do not get her a locket. No lockets. Women don't like lockets. And we are, they are Mm. thrust upon us as gifts and we have to act like we like them. But no, we do not. So please do not buy lockets. Why? Why don't you like them? It is, it's like, um, there's no thought or effort put into that gift. It has nothing to do with the woman or her style. It's just like, oh, you're a lady, you like a locket. Like, this is what ladies wear. Is that your impression of men? Yes. It was pretty good, actually. <laughs> Kate continues her unbeaded streak of being really good at doing impressions yeah. of men. Um, a question, though. Let's say I were to dress uh, in full World War One uniform, go and get a sepia-toned photo taken of myself that looks like it's from 1912, and then I put that inside a locket. That's pretty funny, right? That is acceptable because you're putting effort in. I like okay. it. I think it's a very thoughtful gift to get like a that type of picture into a locket. Yeah, like and I'll cut like a real dumb mustache. <laughs> no, here's the worst. Men get you a locket and then they don't even put a picture into it and they're like, "Here, let me give you something to do. Here's some work for you to do." Here's some work. <laughs> here's half a gift. Yeah. Which of a rhombus inside. I have gotten lockets from three different men in my life. And I told Nick, which I also told my ex-husband, I told him never to get me a locket. And then he got me a locket and then I divorced him. And I told Nick, if you ever get me a locket, I will break up with you. That's how he knows. (laughs) That's how you know that it's like those berries and the Hunger Games. That's That's when Nick gives you the locket. That's right. It's over. (laughs) It's like uh, how the Rolling Stones put like, a bowl of brown M&Ms on their contract to make sure people read the contract. If Kate gets a locket, she knows she it's not safe to perform nope. in this venue. Exactly. <laughs> I'm out. I'm canceling. And I'm not rescheduling. Can I say something? You may. You may. You'd never have to ask permission. <laughs> well, it's going to be, it's kind of make it fun of you guys. Um, the release of the episode yesterday of uh, National Lampoon's Crucification seems to go, seems like I'm right. And you guys were wrong. Mm, so I've gotten mixed results. I've definitely gotten some messages like, hey, I can tell you're going through a lot, so I'm going to forgive you kind of messages from people. And it's like, okay, okay. But then I've also had a lot of people like secretly texting like, hey, just so you know, you're right. Clark Griswold is a monster. Then that's not the, either say it with your chest or don't say it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people are scared to speak up in today's climate about Clark Griswold. It is, it's, it's a very uh, political topic. Yeah. I had so much fun posting the picture or the gif of the girl screaming no every time. Was that a girl? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought that was That's, a man. Who was the no. cool, who was our cool listener that made the meme about Nate? And like the Joe. That was very oh funny. my gosh. That was Joe. Joe. Yeah. Very funny. We have the we have some really cool listeners. Mm-hmm. I actually got a really nice message from uh, uh, our a listener this morning who was like, "Hey, hope you're doing okay. I heard you're you're having a rough week." And I was like, "Oh, our podcast is cool, man." It is. We mm. have caring, interesting. caring listeners. I, 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 Why I, is that? It. I just I don't know. I've been kind of like pouring my heart out for the last year. 
almost year about how I've, I've been off work message. about my foot and it's, <laughs> it gets really bad and I get really down some days and not a fucking message. Most of my messages, ah, you're a fucking weirdo. Ah, that's that's stupid what you said about that. You elicit that though. You elicit that. That is what you. I elicit. want. How come I don't elicit positive messages? You guys, everybody listening, send Brenda a message and say, "I hope your foot's feeling better." Tell him. Tell him that he can still put asses in the seats. Yeah, tell, tell me him he that, still puts you know, asses uh, in the seats. Yeah, just because there's some snow on the shingles and the roof, I'm still putting asses <laughs> in the seats. Is there <laughs> snow in the basement? No, not yet. Thank God. <laughs> thank goodness. Uh, oh, I'll be <laughs> so distraught. Uh, when does that that's happen? When yeah, that's that's a- when I'm going to need the messages the most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never when seen the basement snow. is full. I've never seen snow in the basement in person. No, not yet. Not yet. There's no, we're, we're getting that is there. the ultimate old man thing. That's like the oldest man thing ever. Up. I hate that I brought it up. I hate it. Oh my god! I always. Do <laughs> I'm gonna have to post a picture in the group when it happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! <laughs> <Can> don't, don't. <laughs> it's like buying me a locket. <laughs> <laughs> I would get you a locket with that picture yeah. inside. Oh of my god! I <laughs> hope you guys liked that last podcast. It was my last one. <laughs> Snow covered rhombus. <laughs> Oh, um, <laughs> how, how are you doing, Nathaniel? Uh, you know what? I'm having a much better week. That's Yay. good. Uh, this week, good. Uh, life stuff is still uh fucked up, but I had another good weekend in Valheim with my friend. And oh, yeah, then, uh, escaping to the past. On Thursday, a beautiful woman came over, braided my hair, what? and then took me out for dinner and paid for dinner. What? Sugar and mama. I gotta say, I gotta say, ladies, take a guy out for dinner every once in a while because this was one of the most special things I've ever experienced. Because I it, that just never happens, it never happens. Well, this lady sounds great. Maybe you'll buy jewelry for her sometime. She, she might have earned herself a locket, yeah. You know? uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we're we're simple creatures. I'm, that fixed me. I'm fixed now. I'm good. I'm back to normal, hundred percent. Bounce back, and uh, looking forward to uh, continuing with life. Oh, that is just a joy. Well, that war that warms the cockles of my heart. Yes, that melts the snow. That is very jolly of you for this season. Oh, 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 oh. I, I just got a great idea. Okay. Uh, um, it's time. To talk about the movie that I picked this week, which is Ho Ho Home Alone. Nice. Uh, see what I did? See what I did? Just nailed it. Just beautiful. That's professional. I'm very excited to talk to you both about this movie. But before we do that, I would very much like Kate to explain to everyone listening what happens in the movie Home Alone. Here's what happens in the movie Home Alone is a family forgets their child. The child is attacked by criminals. The child uses its smart to stay alive. And then the mother finally makes it back. The end. Mm. That is the story of Home Alone. hundred percent. You nailed it. Mm. I can, I can sense how Kate feels about this movie. <laughs> yeah, no, she, she made it clear last week. Uh, I, I'm, you know what? We better just go ahead and talk about our favorite parts. Cause I have a lot of, I have a lot of questions about this movie. So why don't we talk about our favorite parts? I think I relate. So Nate is to Christmas Vacation as Kate is to Home Alone. Like I can see why Mm. people like it. 
I just don't care for it. Why? Is it is it the violence? Um, it's just so unbelievable. And I was his age mm. when this came out, and I was like, I don't buy into any of this. I don't. I just couldn't buy into any of it. And the I the concept is terrifying. The reality is terrifying, and it's just. I just couldn't get into. I don't. I don't know. So so so, say more about that. Do you mean as a mother or as a Kevin McAllister? Both. So I think okay. the mom did a shit job, uh, getting her to protect her son. Like they call the mm-hmm. police, and the police are like acting like it's no big deal. I would be like screaming at them. I would. I don't know. I just. And then Kevin. His home is being broken into, and this this boy who couldn't even get the attention of his family now has the developmental uh, frontal lobe capacity to plan out a multi-day war with two adult males. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't find injuries funny. I don't think it's funny to see people get hurt. I don't like watching Jackass. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't enjoy it. So, uh, this all makes sense to me. This all makes perfect sense to me. Uh, but it's very funny because my reaction was so different. I was a similar age when I saw it about Kevin McAllister's age. And this was truly my ultimate fantasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, the house to myself, get to eat whatever I want, watch whatever I want, nobody telling me what to do, nobody eating my cheese pizza, no little brothers pissing the bed. It, this was like I I this was like the ultimate power fantasy for a for a 10-year-old boy. I will say that the fucking family sucks. Mm-hmm. The mom kind of I, I kind of sympathize with the mom, but the dad is an absolute idiot. I don't like the dad. John Hurt? Uncle Frank can get fucked. He's a, Uncle Frank can get fucked. He was dislikable. Is an asshole. Huge uh, dick with a very ugly girlfriend. Well, she, that was she caught stray bullets for no reason. That poor. I did feel kind of bad for I, her too as an adult. <laughs> I'm like that poor girl. She doesn't she, deserve this ain't her it. fault. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, to have a little eight year old go the, the the most loved child at the time in, in America go wolf about you. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah, um, probably followed her around a little bit. Oh, for sure. It's not where she didn't even have any speaking line. Yeah, she didn't deserve it. All the sisters in the house were pieces of shit. All the brothers in the house were pieces of shit. They're rude. They're mean to Kevin. And that was, this is his turn in life to be not the fuck up that everyone thinks he is. Mm. Well, Kevin has earned it because Kevin is a little baby. And. They're like, uh, when he, when at the very beginning of the movie, when they're telling him that he has to pack his own bag and he's like, I don't know what to do. I'm so much smaller than you. It's like, oh, I remember when my little brother was that age. And he's like, I can't put the dishes away. I'm too short. I can't do It's like, shut, the f- shut up. Shut up. You're 10. Get it together. Let's go. You're like, I've seen you do a lot. I've seen you pirate, uh, media from Napster. If you can figure that shit out, you can figure out how to brush your teeth. Like we can do this. Like, That's real talk. Yeah. I'm, I'm speaking directly to all the 10 year olds listening. <laughs> Stop fucking around. Get off your ass. Get your life together and be a man. You guys have created worlds in Minecraft, but you can't floss. Okay. Got it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Nice. Do the Minecraft yeah, got athlete. him. <laughs> got him. Well, it's true. If he if he can create those elaborate traps, he can pack a bag mm-hmm. for a week. Oh yeah. Well, right. I didn't like when exactly. he I didn't like when he called his mom dumb. I didn't like that. No. I didn't, mm-hmm. no. You don't ever call your mom dumb. No, but I loved uh Kathy O'Hare in this movie because she is that's very much like my mom who's like she will give that like stone cold face when you're like saying some wild shit to her and she go oh yeah why don't you say that again you're like oh yeah. good yeah well played mom yeah, well that, played my mom used to say that stuff to me too I used to say yeah, something I, to, yeah I, I respected her I, I respected that as a maternal figure oh. Okay, the old man in the movie, old man Murray. I really mm-hmm. hope no one's out there saying old man Murray when I'm walking around. Oh, isn't oh, that the saddest so part of this too. movie? The old. Ooh. I feel like that character. I liked it because that was the one scene I liked. The church scene is the scene I like. Yeah, he had a common to be the old man Murray though, because he, he multiple times talking Kevin, to his dad, his son. He, well, that we don't know that until the church scene. But multiple times, Kevin ran in, like in the store and outside. He ran into the old man, and the old man just stare at him weird for like twenty seconds. He did scare at him really. So scary, like. that's why he's a weird old man, Marley. Open your fucking mouth, talk to the kid. Old people are no, their brains not are me. processing slower. It takes a while no. for our elders to that's, that guy's our age. That guy's our age. He's no way. 100 percent. That man was a smoker and he was 38. No, no way. He, he was that man. I'm telling you right now. We'll, we'll look him up and see I'm how old he was in real right life. Now. Yeah, he's our age. Home Alone um, Murray. What's his name? Marley. Murphy? Marley. <laughs> I think I think that's based on the Christmas Carol ghost. Oh, 100 percent I think that's an. He illusion. was born in 1924. No, <laughs> go away. Yes, and he died in 2007. You're on, you're on a stupid website. No, it's that's Wikipedia. Funny. His name was Roberts Blossom, and he was a poet and a character actor. Born in 24. I believe he was a poet. He had the gentleness of a poet, a poet's heart. So he was in his late 60s when this came out. He did have oh, a okay, gentleness. So right, about our age. We're in our late sixties. You know us. Oh my god! You're uh, right. I, I agree with you, though. Ken. I really like that part of the movie, especially as I get older. I like it more and more, and I think that was the one sort of element of the script that Chris Columbus, the director, added to John Hughes's script. I don't think Ooh. that was in the original. Interesting. Um, and it makes a lot of sense because Chris Columbus makes a very heartwarming kind of. Um, movies and this has a lot this is a lot more heartwarming than planes trains and automobiles which is kind of for me missing uh something like this mm-hmm. you kind of get it actually with john candy's wife when he talks about his wife in planes and trains uh so i take it back aha aha i i had a th- i had a, th- a thought a theory and a take that um the character in Home Alone is the same character from Plane, Trains, and Automobiles. He just kept on traveling the world and doing different things. He never, never wanted to go home. It is very similar. 
uh, I had an idea that uh, I think they should have done and, and would have been one of the greatest things anyone has ever done, which is I wish that when they revealed the identity of Saw in the Saw movies, it was grown up Macaulay Culkin. <gasps> That's an mm-hmm. amazing oh, wow. idea. Mm-hmm. Right? That Let's play really a little good. game. He got a taste for it, right? Yeah. He did it twice at least. I, and then I mean, there is a kind of sociopath in Kevin McAllister. Oh, oh. I, he's diabolical, like in the evil sense. Like some Nate, of these things. I'm blown away by that. That's so good. <laughs> Could you imagine if he? If Here's the thing. I went to see Saw in the theater, and when spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the first Saw, I'm going to spoil the ending. There's eleven of them, so you should have seen the first one by now. <laughs> when the bad guy stood up at the end, mm-hmm. I almost stood up and started clapping. <laughs> That's how much I enjoyed that ending. I was like, "This is." The, a mind fuck. This is amazing. This is beautiful. This is art. This is cinema. Were you and scared? if it had been Macaulay Culkin, was I scared? No. I was terrified of that movie. It scared second, me for like multiple hours after I saw it too. The second Saw, we all went to it and my buddy doesn't like scary movies and he was sitting next to me or sitting two seats down from me and the very first scene where it showed the she had this crazy mask on and the, the key to get the mask off was behind her eye in the x-ray. Oh, no. Mm-mm. He had a panic attack and he had to leave the theater. I believe and it. it. Like, <laughs> and we he, he ended up having to go see um, The Lone Ranger Aww. while we watched the rest of it. <laughs> so good. And our buddy's girl, our, our buddy had to go up with him and his wife stayed with me and another, our, our other friend to watch Saw. And then Saw was over before that. And we went in and we walked in to uh, The Lone Ranger and they were sitting there. I'm like, how is it? They're like, really good. And as I said, as I, they said that, I looked up and there was a horse on top of a train. And then the horse winked at the camera when they, I was like, oh, this, <laughs> this, is, this looks great. A horse winked at a camera? It is a scene in The Lone Ranger where he's driving, riding the horse on top of the train and he says some kind of catchphrase or catch, you know, some kind of line that The Lone Ranger says. And then the, the camera zoomed in on the horse and the horse winked at the camera. That and is, I was like, oh, yeah, this is really great. That's odd. No, yeah, that's not the point. Of the, the point oh, okay. of the story is I'm, it's not good. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't as good as Saw. Ah, okay, gotcha. But I like that detail. To be to be honest, I I was with you the whole time, and having that be the cap of the story with a little wink and like a bell ringing in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Like I just saw a masterpiece of torture and horror, and then they're watching a horse on top of a horse wings. Yeah, <laughs> but if it had been Macaulay Culkin stood up, and that was the I would. Nate, you're right. That is push a, me over. That is a I wish they would that's a wonderful way of um casting that I don't think is used is kind of looking back well maybe they do. Like I I don't think they do it enough because you don't have to say anything. You don't have to say, "Oh, I'm Kevin McAllister right. from Home Alone." You just have to be Macaulay Culkin and we hadn't seen him in so long. We would all have been like, <gasps> "Yeah. Kevin when he's the montage of him getting the traps ready, uh, makes me want to run through a fucking brick wall. It's like a good halftime speech. Ooh. I get so pumped up, it's so excited. I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, the music. It is kind of like they would use that song on a NFL Films highlight reel too. Like, da 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 da. Yeah, da, yeah. Da, da. Oh yeah, like we'll talk about that when it comes holiday. to music. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys notice the doggy door, but no dog? 
Oh, good point, Brent. What happened to the dog? Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. This movie has thought of everything. Because Kathy O'Hara says uh, they're putting the dog in the kennel. They're putting the dog in the kennel for the week. She says it. They covered their bases. We're, you're what? not going to catch Home Alone. Oh, I thought I blew the case wide open. John Hughes yeah, no. got all his bases John covered. Hughes. How many times have you seen this movie, Nate? I've seen this movie a lot for sure because it was definitely one of my favorite movies when I was younger. And then um, my roommates are real Christmas people. They love Christmas. Um, and so we watch Christmas movies every year. They watched this movie with me this weekend uh, as well. Aww. And uh, my roommate Andy actually noticed something that none of us had noticed before, which is when they spill uh, pop in the first couple of scenes when they're having the big family eating pizza dinner and then Kevin and Buzz start fighting and they knock over drinks. Mm -hmm. There's a scene where you see the drink gets knocked over onto a, the plane tickets and John Hurt cleans, yeah, cleans everything up in one big swoop and throws Kevin's ticket in the garbage can. I'm like, they thought of everything. That's awesome. They really did. Yeah. Oh, there's no extra ticket. Yeah. There's no extra ticket. Oh, oh, this is more, more proof that the dad's an idiot. Mm-hmm. And they got first I mean, class tickets. Come on. Yeah, he must be making money though. I I what do you guys think he does for a job? Mafia. Finance. Boss. I think he is like one of the lawyers from the firm. Oh, he seems too mm. kind of like fuddy-duddy for that. I have a whole backstory in my head and and this is what he does for a living. He sells um replaceable like joint replacement equipment. This is in my head. This is what he does. He goes in America, you know, private uh Healthcare, horrible, terrible system where everyone has to pay too much money. He goes to the hospital. He sells them a stainless steel hip. He sells it to them at like 120K. This guy's getting them from China for 40. Mm. He's just fucking knocking this shit down, man. He doesn't have to work that hard. Could take fucking two weeks off to go to Paris. Gigantic 20-room house. This guy's selling stainless steel joints. Oh, my gosh. I, I like that you have a backstory for him. Thank you. I'm, I don't I'm like concerned them, about the people's bodies. I mean, that just, oh. <laughs> that's where I go. I go even deeper. No, no, see, I, yeah, <laughs> you're worried that he's selling like cheap, faulty joints. Right. In my head, at least, he's selling some of the best joints you can get. He's just, but he has them a up. ridiculous gotcha. markup. Okay. Oh, yeah. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on board more. Thank you. <laughs> what was. It, this is kind of like like Nate was saying. This is like saw for kids. What was your favorite? <laughs> stuff? Like, like what was, saw for kids. <laughs> it really is. He's jigsaw. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What What's your favorite trap that he set up? My favorite trap is the easiest one, and I don't know if it would work this well, but it's when they put the fire starter. You know, the, the they heat up the doorknob. I mean. Is that what that I've always wondered what that device was? Yeah, because he got it outside. So you put it in the charcoal and it would just like start. It's like manual Ah, heating. See, we're we're, we're not charcoal people, the Canadians. Aha, yeah. That's exactly right. We we don't have any experience with charcoal. I'm assuming that. I don't, I'm acting like I know what that is. Well, he took it from the grill. So you're right. I'm just assuming that's what it was. It totally makes sense. And 
Uh, I would also like to mention that the why does this house have the world's most hilarious blowtorch? Like, what are they doing with that at the house? What the fuck are they doing with that? And that <laughs> man's you would go, you could not move. Like, if your scalp was burnt, you were he was literally scalped, and he's mm-hmm. just going about, by fire, scalped by fire. That, <laughs> have you guys ever been burned significantly? I have, yes. and it was a much smaller part of my body, and it was crazy like what part was it uh in eighth grade matt cook took his black light unscrewed his black light light bulb in his room and placed it on the inside of my thigh and i got third degree burns and he was just like (gasps) he was just an eighth grade boy that was just fucking around and burn i had a i still have a scar there from it and it like oh my god yeah it hurt very badly (laughs) oh my god Jesus Christ. So I can't Matt imagine. Cook's an asshole. Well, I hope, I hope that haunts him. He's also a Trump supporter, so I don't know what that. Well, oh, there you go. No <laughs> surprise there. there. No surprise it's all there. In place now. Yeah. Um, I have a whole rant about that as well, Kate. The, there's nothing more debilitating than a burn injury. Nothing. When you get burnt, it not only hurts right away, it hurts for hours afterwards. And it makes mm-hmm. you cranky and irritable. And there's no way you could pull off a heist in a home when you're that irritable. No. And on your scalp where you have so many nerve endings, that would be bloody. That I don't know. I, you, whatever. I don't need to go on about it. That was my least favorite gag because there's nothing funny about Burns. But hold on one second. I wish he would have had. And so he's wearing a wool or a knit. You guys would call it a toque, I think. We call them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely would. So yeah. I wish he was wearing like a ball cap. So it, it would just be the bill. Like he would be wearing a visor. Just, yeah. <laughs> Kate, that would have been funnier. You're 100% correct. <laughs> 100%. I enjoyed that he iced everything down. And it yeah. reminded me when I have my fall that you're slipping on a slippery stuff. Oh, I'd love and- you to be alive. Yeah, and I like uh, I, I, the tar and the nail. God, that would hurt. And it was so slow stepping on it. Ugh. I think that's when I wrote down, like, Kevin McAllister's saw was the tar and the nail. Because that's just, like, that's an extra level of, like, you. how did you think of this, you sick fuck? Right. Yeah. I guarantee, now that we're, we've... Uh, went down this rabbit hole that when they were writing Saw multiple times they referred to Home Alone. It was actually on 100%. in the background while they were writing Yeah, the screenplay. Mm. I think my favorite uh, uh, trap that he sets is the glue and feather because it's only to embarrass him. It's just, they're, it's, it's, they're it's the like, best. Yeah, they're the, you're right. It's like, I have hurt you. I have maimed you. I've burned you. And now I'm going to humiliate you. Yeah. He's really like, he's diabolical. Why you dress like a chicken? Yeah. I like the ornaments underneath the window. Simple, effective, mm-hmm. resourceful. And those were made of sugar, I learned. Mm. Oh, in the, okay. Yeah. In real life. Um, I, another note I have here is, and this is a, a diss against Americans, and I don't know why I said this out loud when I, it happened, but when Kathy, I love how that, 
we're on a, a Kathy basis now with Catherine O'Hara. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, it's just so important. I knew who to, you were talking to me about. To be allowed to do it. <laughs> when, uh, yeah, when K Train was in the airport in Paris and she saw <laughs> the woman on the payphone and she just grabbed the phone and hung it up. I'm like, typical American tourist. This yeah. is why everyone mm-hmm. hates them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I think we've all done the aftershave face slap before, right? And did it, he did it twice. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I don't, I have to admit some ignorance here. I've never used aftershave in my entire life. And so I've never understood like what is happening. It's an astringent. Like, so you've opened so your stings? pores. Yes. You've opened your pores by shaving and it's an astringent to close the pores so that your hair doesn't uh, grow so quick. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, so it's, have you ever used like so Clearasil? Like the, back in the nineties, we used to use a lot of that shit because we thought it would get rid of our pimples and it would like mm-hmm. sting when you put it on your face. Yeah. It's oxy like, pad. yeah, it was, it's like an oxy pad. Um, I, I wrote down, he, he, Kevin McAllister has incredible outfits. Every <gasps> outfit he wears in this movie to me is incredible. <sighs> I know. One of the he most so unrealistic nice. thing about this movie is the fact that Kevin McAllister is even changing his clothes at all. Good point. He's putting on a belt. Uh, as I was doing that, my phone lit up next to me and I just got a text. I wonder if this is a, a scam. It says um, from a 1322 number, it says, uh, hey, honey. Um, are you free tomorrow? Let's go golfing together. Well, it's minus five there, honey. So I don't think we're going to go. <laughs> and, I got, and every time I swing a golf club, my shoulder yeah. comes out. So I think maybe we might not know each other that well. We're going to need a cart. Yeah. That's <laughs> no, real yeah. fishing. That's a real fish. I only get ones yeah. that just say, hello. No, this one wants to go golfing in, the, in winter, minus five. Um, so incredible outfits, uh, incredible wallpapers in this house. Yeah. A lot of I noticed that too. Got to hand it to them. Yeah, hated the kitchen. Didn't like the tile in the kitchen. Very mm. ugly kitchen, yeah. but but classic rich person in the nice yes, kitchen. Absolutely, like that, that's very like rich rich dude. They got a TV in the kitchen, even though it's shitty to us. That's one of the fanciest kitchen TVs you can have back in the nineties. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And then. Uh, my final note is there's also a great train in this movie that he builds to use the decoy. He puts a Michael Jordan poster on the train, uh, life-size Michael Jordan, and it is yeah. a beautiful model train. It is a large model. I thought it was not. A, yeah. You got any other details about it? That was expensive. Okay. Uh, I wish I had done a little <laughs> bit more research. I could have told you the engine class and uh, the scale, what letter scale it was. Yeah. Uh, and that was not cheap. I'm telling you right now, that someone who who understands the model train economy, that thing was not cheap. What are you thinking? What are you What are you thinking? Oh, in the '90s, this is this is in 1990s money. That's probably a hundred and ninety nine dollar model train, which probably is about six hundred six hundred and fifty dollars today. Dang, like maybe four hundred dollars today. Back a couple clams, you're right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, would you two like to do the Home Alone quiz? <laughs> that means yes. <laughs> Nate, or Kate. Yeah, I knew. I knew. I understood. <laughs> I realize why me and Kate will forever and always be friends is because the little things make us laugh. Like just that, like yelling you know, Kevin, and then last last episode where me and you both went, "The blessing," and we both cracked up. And Nate was like 
like Ooh. a quiet, like in a desert. Moving along. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. And we laughed for so long you about know. it. <laughs> Uh, this is the Home Alone quiz. How many questions do I have? One, two, three, four, five, six. Classic brand quiz. It's a seven question oh, yeah. quiz. I'm nervous. I know. Indeed. I haven't won in a while. I need to get it back. Two in a row for this guy. Going for trips. Going for the triple. I'll try to bring it home Damn. for the listeners. If you do a three-peat. Oh, if, if I get a Taylor sister can't, in December? Can't let oh, it happen. Oh, my God. Can't do it for Brent. Uh, first question. Are you too prepared? Oh, I could not be any more prepared. I got the FDR blanket on. I got ha- my socks rolled down ha- halfway off my feet. I'm good to go. I am barely okay. prepared. Okay. Well, do your best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> little Nero's Pizza is featured several times in this film. Obviously, uh, a little joke towards Little Caesars. Mm-hmm. Uh, what number? Roman Emperor was Nero. Mm. Was he the fourth Roman Emperor, the fifth Roman Emperor, the sixth Roman Emperor, or the seventh Roman Emperor? And today we will start with Brent. He was the seventh. He said it very convincingly, so I'm going to say seventh too. This is annihilated. Whoa! Uh, Nero was, of course, the fifth Roman emperor, came after Claudius. I had no clue. I had absolutely no clue. I just wanted to sound confident. Well, I'm playing with strategery. Kevin reads a Playboy magazine in this in this movie. He pulls it out of Buzz's uh, chest full of uh, firecrackers and pornography. On the front cover is a news reporter. On the back cover, mm-hmm. there is a car ad for 4x4 of the year. Mm-hmm. What brand of vehicle won the 4x4 of the year? Was it a Toyota, a Ford, a GMC, or a Subaru? Uh, I'm going to go with Ford. Um, it was a GMC. This is annihilated. Wow. Whoa, no! Of course, the only vehicle manufacturer that could win the 4x4 of the year is the greatest vehicle manufacturer of all time, Toyota. Toyota. Starts in the winter every time. First try. Vroom, vroom. Do you have a Toyota? Uh, guys, buy me the, the best car I ever had in my life was a Toyota. I miss it every day. What kind of Toyota was it? It was a 1989 Toyota Corolla four-wheel drive. Ooh. Four-wheel drive. This thing cost $25 to fill up the tank, and you could oh, never get stuck no matter amazing. where you were. It was such an amazing car. Such an amazing car. Uh, I miss it. Um, Toyota was the answer. <coughs> In Buzz's, speaking of Buzz's secret box, uh, there's a bag of Crunch Taters. Is that a real brand, by the way, Kate, or is that a movie brand? I've never heard of it. I'd, Okay, crunch taters. But there's also a sweet treat inside the box. We we started the show talking about sweet treats, and it's come back around. What is the sweet treat? Junior mints, M and M's, chocolate covered raisins, or Reese's Pieces? Um, I'm gonna say M and M's. I am so stuck between two of them, so I'm gonna go. Uh, Junior Mints. Kate? 
take that sigh and turn it into a cheer because it was a box of juju mints <gasps> in the box. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm still in this though. You've got zero. Kevin watches a movie in this film, a movie <laughs> called. <laughs> <laughs> you got one. I'm right behind. I know. Yeah. Nate has two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kevin watches a movie called Angels with Filthy Souls. What brand of VCR did the McAllisters own? Uh, Is it Panasonic, Sony, Emerson, or Sanyo? What was the first one? Panasonic? Panasonic. I'm going to go that. I'm going to go B. You're going to go Sony. You know what? They're both good guesses. Both have uh, manufactured a lot of VCRs in their day. But uh, in the 90s, there was one name dominating Senio? the field. And that was, of course, no, is the Emerson VCR. This is annihilated. Wow. Whoa, no. I thought Emerson was just like the cheap ones. You get a Canadian tire that are super Canadian. Yeah, now. I'm really, really not doing well. Uh, Kevin goes to the grocery store. And like a little adult, he reads a magazine while he's in line at the grocery store. I got a coupon for that. What? Yeah. (laughs) What magazine is he reading while he's waiting in line at the grocery store? Good housekeeping, holiday crafts, cosmopolitan, or woman's day? Good housekeeping. Women's Day. Catherine, it is Women's Day, and you as a woman have gotten another point. <laughs> I didn't think they would do that in 1990. Uh, John Candy plays Gus Polinski, the polka king of the Midwest. He names a bunch of his hit songs when he's talking to Kathy. Which of the following polka songs did I make up? Polka Twist, Twin Lakes Polka, Kiss Me Polka, Windy City Polka. Well, what was the first polka twist or uh, Windy City? I'm going to say polka twist. The correct answer is Windy City Polka. He's heating up! Brent, you are on the board. Oh, I made up the Windy City Polka. I thought I could trick you because nope. the movie takes place in Chicago. Nope. I thought I could trick you with the I Chicago of it all. I remember the Polka Polka Polka. The, yeah, the Twin City or the Twin Lakes Polka. I, I knew that. As soon as you said it, I knew I was going to get that roots. Damahushi Polka, also known as Kiss Me Polka. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel a little bit better uh, that I didn't get shut out. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Kate's got one more chance to tie it. And I think this is appropriate because like I, using Kate as an inspiration, I've decided to ask a question about how many people are in a scene <laughs> after the... Incredible drama that unfolded over the Muppets Christmas Carol. How many rats are in the scene? I have paused this scene from every angle. I've I have analyzed every frame, and I feel extraordinarily confident that my numbers are correct. Oh, and I dare anyone up a box to here. challenge me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing with fire. Uh, we see a 50 plus person choir singing in the church. That's for sure. I counted. It's 50. It doesn't seem like it, but there's 50 people in that choir at least. How many people? are watching the choir when Kevin walks in. Mm. 10, 11, 9, or 12. One more time, Nate. Read them out loud again. 10, 9, 10, 11, 12. 11, 9, <laughs> or 12. 
No, okay. let me discombobulate him. <laughs> let, me dis- don't, let me discombobulate him, Kate. Uh, I'm going to go 11. I'm going to say 12. This is annihilated. Wow. Whoa! No! There was 10 people sitting on mm. in the audience, five on each side, five on each side. So that had and to mean to, that there was have, a, that there was two single people there because the old man was by himself. That's the way mm, I was thinking. Yes, he's sitting by himself, and there's a there's a there's a group of three. There's a group of three also in one of the pews. That's a really good uh, uh, quiz, Nate. Excellent work. Thank you. Excellent Thank you. work. I put my heart and soul into it, guys. Um. Accounted, accounted people. Very good. Uh, how would you two like to hand out some gold medals? I want to give out a bronze and a silver too. Okay, because it's Christmas, I'll allow Thank it. Thank you. Uh, who do you guys give your bronze medal to? <sighs> My bronze medal is going to the one and only. John Candy coded Candy. Johnny Cam. He was great. And I still, I really do think he is um, the character from Plain Strains and Obvious. He's changed his identity. And uh, he was just classic John Candy. Saving the day. Saying the word polka is funny. Kenosha kickers. Back of a U-Haul. Nylon jacket. What more do you want? Uh, I super agree with you, Brent. I gave him an honorable mention. I desperately wanted to give him a medal, and if there wasn't so many good uh, performances in this movie, I would have. I think he steals the show in his scene, and him and Kathy O'Hara obviously are improvising that scene where John Candy's talking about leaving his kid at the funeral parlor. Mm -hmm. Like 100% they're improvising that scene, and I think if you watch Kathy O'Hara in that scene, you understand how incredible she is at impro- improv because she's reacting so perfectly. She's not laughing. She's staying totally serious. It's, she is 100% believable, even though he's saying the fucking silliest shit. <laughs> but I gave my bronze medal to Joe Pesci. I gave it to Joey Pesci. My cousin Vinny. Uh, Joey Fish. She adds uh, a level of sinisterness to this that is very important and he never goes full evil and scary he's just creepy scary which is even scarier to a kid i think so joe pesci bronze medal my bronze medal is a tie between roberts blossom who plays marley and ken hudson campbell who played pierre noel was santa and i that scene is one of my favorite uh, I just like how he's like Santa going home and then gets stopped by this kid who is has the bigger frontal lobe than all of us, but yet still believes in Santa. Makes no sense. Anyway, mm-hmm. so he gets mm-hmm. my browns. Multiple times you've th- said those comments, but not once brought up during the Never Ending Story episode. Uh, what do you mean? Kate says that it's on um, this story is unbelievable. It can't be. Oh, but we That's watched the movie with like a oranges. flying dog dragon. Apples no. and oranges. No, no, I, I understand. I, I'm on Same Kate's fruit side, bowl. But, Same I, fruit but, bowl. but I understand. <laughs> Same fruit bowl. <laughs> uh, who'd you give your silver medal to, Brent? Macaulay Culkin. Just a cute kid. 
looked great, looked comfortable. He was dressing, styling, wore nice shoes. He had a lot of iconic things come out, like the scream, um, the, the slap in the face with the aftershave. Just a great performance. And he just got a, a walk on this Hollywood Walk of Fame, or star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Found out he's married to Brenda Song. Love her. Mm-hmm. Very attractive and talented actress. And I saw a picture of his family. They're all together. But they're beautiful. He has a beautiful son. And uh, yeah, he's doing good. Yeah, he also. More, it's mine. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Is it a, a try? Turkey? Go ahead. Is it take, a turkey? No, yeah, I was just. We got, we got ourselves a Taylor sister on our hands. Because yeah, I gave my silver to Big Mac, Macaulay Culkin, Home the Culkster. Three. Home Alone 3. Uh, he's very young in this movie. He's, I, I forgot until I was watching again, like truly how little he is. And you mean like physically? He's, yeah. Like, and, and he, he actually is only nine or 10. Like sometimes they get act child actors who, who just look small, but they're older than they look. So they can act older but he really was just like nine or ten and when you see him in the behind the scenes footage he's acting like a little kid um and he's the heart of this movie he's i don't think you could pull this movie off without having such a charming main character to watch so i 100 percent uh agree with you that's a that's a cerberus agreed Gold medal, Brent. My gold medal is going out to the one and the only. I don't know why I said the one and the only. That's not true. Um, Daniel Stern. Uh, he played mm. Mara Merchants. And it's just his outfit, his hair, his reactions to everything. Um, the yell, the scream when he steps on the nail is so high-pitched oh. and loud and perfect. Or, or And the, the spider scream. Yes, exactly. So good. And... Uh, when he asks Harry why he's dressed like a chicken and uh, when he's got the spider on him and Joe Pesci's going to spring the crowbar and hit him, the way that Daniel Stern acts and talks is very funny to me. I gave my gold medal, of course, to one of my very favorite people of all time, Kathy O'Hara, just a star. Um, she is, she does drama. She does comedy. She is... Uh, one of Canada's greatest treasures and one of the only people who I really would like to meet one day. I'm not one of those kinds of people where I'm like, I want to meet a celebrity. I really want to meet Kathy O'Hara one day and tell her that I love her. You know what? I am so glad you said that because she is also getting my gold because she is truly a comedy giant and can do so many different things her acting and her comedy chops are equally phenomenal so i'm glad that we're able to recognize her and her talent here today well i think it's about time we give this movie a rating what do you say kevin Uh, the script for this movie, written by John Hughes, uh, just like a lot of movies that we've watched. Uh, what would you give the script for this movie? I don't know how to 
judge this one because I don't like the movie per se, but like, I guess it's okay. So I'm going to give it an eight. Uh, the script, uh, they covered all their bases about why he's, he couldn't get, um, on the plane and why he got left alone, why he never got rescued for two days. I got to give this one a nine. Uh, well, I will complete the sequence then because this is obviously a 10, one of the greatest scripts ever written. They <laughs> fucking covered their bases, dogs in the kennel, uh, passports in the garbage, uh, just absolutely knocked it out of the park. And it's very different. It's actually very clever. It's not like any other movie. Most movies are just a version of three movies that we've already seen mixed together. I've, I've never seen anything like this before or probably since. Mm. So 10, 10. Mm. Uh, the art direction for this movie, the props, the costumes, the sets. What do you guys think of the art direction for this movie? Uh, I thought it was awesome. It was perfect for uh, upper middle class, upper upper class white people near Chicago in the late night, early nineties. I'm giving it a ten. Um, yeah, the burglars look like burglars. The kids look like kids. Um, it does suffer from nineties um, trends, but that's not their fault. So I give it just. Uh, I'm trying to think if I want to give it a nine or a 10, but I think I'm giving it a 10 because I liked the way he danced when he was doing the puppet thing with the train and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go 10. Hey, 10. Santa Claus. Hey, Santa Claus. Hey, Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. There we go. There Did we go. Dean Martin's ghost oh, I know. just show up on the podcast? I feel like Sammy Davis Jr. right now. <laughs> uh, I obviously give it a 10. It's, this movie looks incredible. Their costumes are incredible. Great earrings for Kathy O'Hara. That's a little, for people who've watched this movie 70 times, you'll notice that. Um, it, and the props, it's so funny. Uh, all these little uh, Rube Goldberg um Traps that he sets. That's a 10. It's a 10. Um, I'm very interested for this category. The music for this movie. What would you guys give the music written by our greatest composer, John Williams? It's John Williams. It's John Williams. It gets a 10. Yeah, oh, it gets a 10. Rock around the Christmas tree. Um, Is that a banger? Tell you? Oh, 100%. If you're watching a Christmas movie and that comes on, it's a banger. When you talked about how many people were watching the choir, what fucking song were they singing during a sentimental yeah, moment? The minute they sung it, I said, "I said we did it, folks. We did it. We got them." You, they it, beautiful. All Holy Night is the most beautiful song oh, ever written, Holy and Night. it lends itself to uh, the scene perfectly. The old man Marley's granddaughter was singing it. Everybody, not a dry eye in the house. I imagine when it was done, beautiful. Ten. Uh, the music is the best part of this fantastic movie. It, it elevates this movie from good to uh, a classic, well, one of the best ever made, and it gets in your brain. I've been like, several different parts of the score have been playing in my mind uh, since I saw this movie. The like heartwarming music when the family comes home is it'll melt the tinkling bells will melt your heart. The beginning song makes it seem so intense and cool. Uh, this is a fucking 10 from one of our greatest 10. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an American Christmas comedy film. As an American Christmas comedy, what would you rate this movie? I don't think it's very funny. I do think it's Christmassy. I'm giving it a seven and a half. American Christmas comedy. I don't find it Christmassy at all. Minus the music. I don't find it as a... It's insane. I don't find that it's a comedy, so I give this a seven. Uh, you both have lost your mind. No. Uh, it's not that funny. It's not that funny. I will dock it one point for not being that funny, and it would have been docked two points if it didn't have John Candy in the movie being uh, funny for a little bit. Uh, this gets a nine. It is could be funnier. It could definitely be funnier. I, but to say it's not Christmassy, Brent, I, I, that's, uh, we've said a lot of shit on this podcast. That's some of the wildest shit. Yeah, I disagree, not, yeah. Well, you both can get fucked. Uh, Ooh. So Ooh. it's uh, you said. Even you said hoisted by your own petard. You said you've never seen anything like this, and you've never seen anything like this since. So how mm-hmm. I've seen a ton of, oh, of American Christmas comedies. Him. So got you got you got hoisted by your own petard there, bud. Seven. Yeah, got them both. Is absolutely got them. Both is can get fucked. <laughs> If you uh, had a friend who enjoyed American Christmas comedies and they'd never seen this movie, how much would you recommend this movie to someone who liked American Christmas comedy films? Are they male or female? That's a great question, Kate. But you have to decide that for yourself. If it was if it was a male, I'd give it a 10. If it was a girl, I'd give it an 8. So I'll give it a 9. That's good logic. I love the logic. Are we a podcast that sees gender now? Yes. Yeah, okay. we're, we're no longer we allies. And, no, you uh, have to see gender to be an ally. We cannot ignore people. We have to celebrate people. Well played. How much would I recommend Home Alone if a person came up to me and said, I want to watch an American Christmas comedy? I would an eight. I would give it an eight because, like I said, I don't want to say a 10 because it's not an American Christmas comedy. And I don't want to give it a seven like I, I gave it its rating, but I, I enjoy the movie a lot and I think it's very worthwhile to watch. So I would, as a movie, I would give it an eight, but as American Christmas comedy, no. So I can't, no, seven, seven. I have to, I have to stick to my guns. He talked it out. <laughs> stick, exactly. Um, if I found out someone hadn't watched Home Alone, it would be the one of the easiest recommendations of my entire life. I would say you're going to have the time of your life. Uh, uh, and uh, so that's got to be a 10 for me. That's got to be. It's just simply must. Uh, this movie gets a 45.9. Decent. A little low for my taste, but I respect both of you as uh, people and as Film critics. So <laughs> I accept my fate and uh, I'm glad we got to spend this time together. It did better than The Firm and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that. Uh, now we have to do a special part of the month where we pick the audience choice movie. And Brent, you said you want to do something different this week. So why don't you tell us? If you guys know me, you guys know who do I love the most? Yourself. The listeners. The listeners. The listeners. I love the listeners and I respect the listeners. And I really look forward to having 
the end of the month where we have the listener's choice. But. I knew there was a but coming. There's something that was gnawing at me all month. And it was gnawing at me since I, I did my pick. And I have to be true to myself. So we're doing a movie that's not the viewer's choice movie. What? This month. We're not doing a viewer's choice movie because I I would not be able to be myself anymore if we didn't do this movie. Who's the who's the the biggest beauty of all during the holidays? Santa Claus? No. Jesus? No. Mary? The Grinch. Oh no. (laughs) The Grinchy. Which episode? Which which one? He holds a very special spot in my heart. I, mm-hmm. I, he's a beauty. He's a babe. He's everything that's right with society. He's an <laughs> allegory. He is a reflection of what the world is now more than ever. You're making some points. It's about time we sit back and sit our white asses down and listen. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to sit down and we're going to listen. To Jim Carrey as the Grinch. Oh, and that Grinch. And there's a babe in there. The older one. Forget her name. She's a babe, but we're talking about babes and beauties. It's the Grinch. It's time for us to go where it all began with the Grinch. Love it. Sounds great. I'm sorry. I love, the, I, I I love to, to be it. surprised. I had to do it. So it, Jim Carrey's version of the Grinch that's that. Uh, I'm excited. I love a surprise. I love to be surprised. And I consider myself at this moment surprised. Yep. So I'm looking forward to watching The Grinch starring Jim Carrey, which I have not seen in a very long time. The year it came out, time. the year 2000. Uh, before 9-11, when the world was so much simpler. And it's just time for us to, to heal as a nation. It's got Tony Hopps <laughs> in it. Tony Hopps is the narrator. Tony Hopps? Tony Hopps is the narrator. Directed by Ron Howard. And the babe is uh, Christine Baranski. Or Taylor Momsen as Cindy Lou Who. She's young in this movie, so I can't say she's the babe. Molly Shannon. We got a Molly Shannon. A Bryce Dallas Howard. She was in The Village, one of the greatest movies ever made. Clint Howard. We got a Deep Roy was in it. He was in Never Ending Story. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of returning hits right now. Now you see why my heart, I had to do it. I had yeah, to do it. I, you know what? I completely support this. I completely support. Look it. how weird uh, every all the actors look because they they chose people with interesting faces and necks to be people. Josh of the Ryan Google. Evans, he's dead. Bill Irwin's he's still alive. Clint Howard, he was classic. There's a lot of yeah, women right. that have very skinny necks in the cast. Yeah, so we're going to heal as a nation, and we're going to listen to that. And it's time for us to get back to the roots. All right, well, that's what we'll watch last next week. Uh, that means there's only one thing left to do, and that's... Say goodnight, Kevin. Goodnight, Kevin. This holiday season is a time for giving. A time for sharing. A time... Those who's are at it again. To get grinched. On November 17th, Jim Carrey in a Ron Howard film. I can't believe I'm actually looking at Santa Claus. (laughs) 
Grinch. Rated PG at theaters Friday, November 17th. That's my natural resting face. And that's fine. RBF. Resting bitch face? Mm-hmm. Resting Brent face. <gasps> resting, resting Brent, Brent face. Brent face. Yeah.